0: Is he talking trash? No, it's just Scott being Scott. It's time for Inez Says. Hey, hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Inez Says Podcast. What a week it has been. We're going to talk about the week coming up, but if you're not familiar with the Inez Says Podcast, please make yourself familiar with it. You can find it in Spotify, WDBO.com, WDBO app, most places you find your podcast. What a week, huh? Wow, what a week it has been in the United States of America. I've always said that, I have faith in this great nation of ours, that faith was rocked this week. There's no question about that. So what I want to do today is kind of give you my five big takeaways from this week's events. And let's begin with number one. This should go down without saying, but for the record, I will say it because it needs to be said. I condemn the violence that we saw on Wednesday with the breach of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. We, We can't have that in our nation. We are a nation of laws. We are a nation of law and order. We are a civilized society. I know some people, myself included, have doubted that after the summer we had of unrest in our streets, but we can't stoop to that level, folks. We we cannot stoop to that level. So I condemn the violence that we saw on Wednesday. It's not who we are as a nation and as a people. All right. Number two, we need to unify now right? We need to unify as a nation. Now, this is a Captain Obvious statement, but it's a statement that needs to be made. We need to unify, right? I mean, the last really 12 years in this nation have been the most divisive I have seen in my 50 plus years on the face of the earth. Got to unify. Got to unify, man. And what a great opportunity that President-elect Joe Biden had on Thursday. What a great golden opportunity. It was a meatball right down the heart of the plate. If you want to unify this nation, and he swung and missed, he blew it. He absolutely fell flat on his face. This guy had a great opportunity. And yes, you, you you have to condemn the violence. No question about that. But you know what this man should have done, could have done as a great unifier to start off his presidency? He could have said, look, I saw all those people. I saw the over 100,000 people at the rally yesterday at the Ellipse in Washington. I hear your concerns. The 1% that stormed into that Capitol building, they were wrong. We all have to condemn it. They were totally wrong in what they did. But for the 99% of you, you decent, honorable Americans who believe that your voice is not being heard in our elections, I promise you that as your president, and and I am the president for every American, as your president, I will assure you that our elections will be free and fair and will continue to be free and fair. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to say. He would have won so many points on the right side of the aisle, so many points with those 74 million people who voted against him. And instead, instead, the man doubled down on the radical left playbook. Guess what? It's all about racism.
1: A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. There
0: we go again. There we go again. It's all about race. And by the way, in that gathering in Washington earlier this week, what I saw were young Americans, older Americans, white Americans, black, Hispanic Americans, man, woman, child. That's what I saw. And yet we go back to race. Joey, you blew it. You flat out blew it again. You had a golden opportunity to be a great uniter, to start the healing process. And instead what you did was you fed into the anger and the frustration that the working class people of America have, the middle class, the decent people of America, who are sick and tired of being called racist when they're not. How does race enter this equation? This is a frustration that led these people to Washington in the first place. So, Joe, in your first test as president, as the great unifier, you failed and you failed miserably. It was an Obama-esque performance. That's number two. Thirdly, let's talk about the media. As you know, I just opened the mic and and talked on the Inez Says Podcast Wednesday afternoon when all this stuff was going down in D.C. I described what was going on. I described my feelings. And in the process, I had ABC News on the television here in the radio studio, and I can't tell you how many times I heard the phrase, coup d'etat, coup d'etat. Now, look, I told you right off the bat, I am not making any excuses for these boneheads. The violence, breaking of windows, breaking down of doors, getting into that Capitol. bill no, no, ex- I condemn it. No excuse for it. It was thuggery. It's not who we are should be. Do you really think this was a coup d'etat, though? I mean, come on. And they wonder why half the country isn't watching him anymore. This was the one percent, less than one percent of Trump supporters. And by the way, the New York Post reports that there were some Antifa members amidst the crowd there at the Capitol Four, at least, according to the Post. And looking at some of those people dressed in fatigues, with helmets, knee pads. Look, I've, I've covered a lot of Trump supporters. I hear from a lot of you. I've never seen that kind of display from these people. Never. But come on. A coup d'etat? Let's not get carried away here. They were a bunch of rabble-rousers pissed off that democracy in their eyes was not working, is not working. I don't think there was any plan whatsoever. I don't think they were thinking. There was no plan for a coup d'etat. I mean, when you see a coup d'etat in third world countries, it's typically the military, guns drawn, people are taken hostage. Come on. Come on. Coup d'etat. Give me a break that this was a hostile crowd. They were wrong. They wanted to send a message that they're fed up with the way their government is being run, but it was totally the wrong way to do that. Coup d'etat. Come on. Give me a break. And let me tell you something. The contempt that the mainstream media and the left have for those Trump supporters, it's striking. striking. It's striking. It astounds me. I I think I heard a CNN commentator yesterday in disgust talk about how Trump supporters should just go all the way back to their holiday inns and their McDonald's and go away or something to that effect. It's just amazing to me the disdain that the radical left has for the great working people of this country. It, It really is amazing. So that's three. Number four, I said on Wednesday that Uh, while I was watching the breach take place at the Capitol that I was saddened, not surprised, saddened, not surprised. Yes, President Trump had a part, no question about it. And we'll talk about that coming up. He had a part in swirling up the emotions of those folks who breached the Capitol building. Yes. And we're going to talk about the president's dicey and uncertain political future on future episodes in the Nez Says podcast. But the Democrats are acting as if they're shocked and appalled here. They are just as culpable as the president is for the events leading up to this nonsense. I mean, on day one of this guy's administration back in 2016, 2017, there was a vow to impeach him. Guy hadn't done anything yet. And, and there it was. We went through the whole steel dossier, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. We went through the multi million dollar Mueller investigation, turned up nothing. And then they showed their butts during the Kavanaugh hearings. And then, as if that wasn't enough, We went through a sham of an impeachment over a phone call. A phone call now, by the way, that looks awfully appropriate, considering the Joe Biden and his son Hunter's shady shakedown deals in Ukraine and other places. It's like, okay, we're going to pull the alarm, and then we're all going to be shocked that the fire department shows up. The wacky left, along with the culpable mainstream media, spent over four years, over four years dividing this country. So let's not pretend that... That Trump is the only one who incited this breach on Wednesday. This has been building for years. That's four. Now five. To Donald J. Trump. I really do have mixed emotions here because you guys know I love all of the policies that he's put in place the last four years. He has protected us. He's protected our borders. He has made us energy independent. He has had a huge hand in turning around our floundering economy. He's restored our military. He's done so many great things that this country desperately needed to be done. But I think the attribute that has made him a great success in life and in his presidential policies is the thing that has been his undoing. And that is hubris. That is ego. And look, he's absolutely right in that our election systems need to be looked at greatly going forward in this country. I think he was wronged by an unfair election system, but that's no excuse, folks. That's no excuse to do what he did to his vice president the other day. You talk about a loyal soldier. Mike Pence has taken so many bullets for the president over the last four plus years, and yet Mike Pence gets up day by day supporting this president. Not one time did Mike Pence break from ranks, not one time. He was incredibly loyal, and for the president to throw him under the bus like he did earlier this week, urging the vice president to overturn the election result when Congress met to certify the Electoral College, it was not right. It was not right. It was not true either. He, it couldn't have happened. Mike Pence did not have the authority to unilaterally overturn or object to the result. He couldn't have done it. So in essence, Trump effectively set Pence up to be the fall guy. I thought that was a disgraceful way to treat a man like Mike Pence, who had been such a loyal asset to the president. He didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that at all. You want to get down and dirty with your adversaries? Fine. The radical left plays in the gutter. Trump is going to play in the gutter, and that's one of his appeals to us, half the country, because we don't have anyone out there who's going to speak for the working class of America. But to do this to a man, a man filled with integrity, a man who stood by your side, thick and thin, no excuse for that. No excuse. So in the end, the Trump legacy, I think will be a great one in terms of his policies, but it's a legacy that will forever be tarnished because of how it ended. Where does Donald Trump go from here? That's a pod I will tackle in the very near future. Meantime, let's all keep the faith. That's going to do it for me today here on the Inez Says Podcast. Appreciate you being here today. I will see you next time.